and welcome to the Your Good News podcast with me, Catherine Getty. It's easy to believe the news around us that the world is dark and the future is the same. But what if we chose something different? What if we chose to find the good news in each day? This podcast is a collection of interviews with friends, mentors, colleagues on their good news. From business to health to politics and everything in between, it's my hope that you leave with a boost and find your good news. On this episode, I am joined by my dear friend, Lindsay Thomas. She shines bright. And in this episode, we discuss the importance of engaging with others in a world that often focuses on speed and efficiency. I also, at the outset, want to say we discuss body image and eating disorders. I want this to serve as a warning for those of you that this episode may not serve. Lindsay and I acknowledge that we're not trained professionals on these topics. Rather, we seek to discuss our experiences and how we find community in times that can feel alone. I realize that this may not seem like good news to the face, but I do want to say there's good in the healing. There's good in the community. The first part of the episode does not mention this, and I do offer another warning before we head into the topic of body image. Without further ado, my episode with Lindsay Thomas. All right, here we are, another episode. I feel like I say this every time I start an episode, but I've just been graced by amazing people, and tonight is no different. I am joined by my dear friend, Lindsay Thomas. I gave you a brief rundown before, so we're just going to dive in. Lindsay, how's your day going? Hello, hello. Day is good. Day is great. Week away from turning 30. Uh, so, Which is very <laughs> exciting. I'm excited for you. I feel like 30s has like really been my prime. I've only been in a year, so I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, I was originally felt like in my 20s, I was going to dread the day, and I'm very excited for it. Bringing on a new decade. Heck yeah. Is that, I mean, I do begin every podcast with the same question of what's your good news. So is that your good news or you got more to share? I'll put that under the good news category for sure of not being afraid of turning 30 and being very excited for it. And I'm going to curveball news that I thought would have been bad news. That is good news. Okay. It's a little, a little flip. Actually on my way over tonight was checking my email and I am in the process of interviewing for new roles and exploring what is next professionally and got an email back that I was not moving forward with this role. I was really excited about, which I think typically would send me down a spiral of doubt and yeah. And in my gut, I knew it wasn't the right role, but I still wanted to really pursue it for like security and interest and things like that. So while it was like disappointing, there's an element of relief. So I'm going to lean into it being my good news today. Well, I feel like when we were talking about it pre the episode, like I could tell you were like relieved in a way that you knew it wasn't your path. And you said, you know, I kind of knew it wasn't, but I wanted to see. And so it kind of confirms your gut feeling. So that must be, that's some good news. There's good like news. Some, another door that's going to open, right? Is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> Thing. I'm, now, I'm, now, I'm now a walking Hallmark card. <laughs> I probably should stick to my day job. What one one door closes, another door opens. <laughs> Meme of the day. I mean, I mean, we first met through our mutual friend Sam, and I vividly remember her saying, "Y'all will be friends, and we'll hit it off." And I know she was so right. I feel like we've been friends for a few years now, and you have such a unique way of making every person feel like they're not a stranger and that you say on your Instagram, 
you're a stranger conversationalist hoping for a world with less likes and more love. And I'm just going to repeat that for those in the (laughs) back who maybe didn't hear it the first time, but a stranger conversationalist hoping for a world with less likes and more love. And I just would love to talk more about this. Like, how did you come up with this idea? Where does it stem from? Yeah. I have to give credit to a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jess Davis. She founded a company called Folk Rebellion. And that was like the first time I really started exploring what like Instagram and our relationship to digital and whether that's like tech digital or social media. And so back in 2016, with all of that, I decided to go on a road trip by myself for 30 days. Oh my gosh. And if you want to talk about um, stranger (laughs) conversationalists, if you don't want to talk to yourself for 30 days, you push yourself. Um, And that's where I like kind of coined that term and made wonderful friends along the way and have continued to explore what my my relationship and the world's relationship is to um, social media and our like digital tech world. And for me, I'm hoping for more love. So that like presence and those people versus the like external facing labeling of likes on the internet. Were you finding that personally you were feeling some sort of way about the likes or was it something you just saw on the whole of like how it's kind of impacting friends around you or what, how did they kind of come to this where you're like, we've got to live in a world that's got more love and less, you know, <laughs> yeah. likes may that be digital or in person. Like, what is that like? Yeah, I think we, I mean, we say it's hashtag no filters now a new a filter of its own. Like it's, <laughs> the internet is such a place of, um, you know, curated content and yeah. some of that's really beautiful. Like I, I'm a creative person. I love branding. I love a good eye for things. But when it becomes a point of filling needs or filling gaps in our lives, or it becomes mindless or a place of comparison, I think is where the assessment really needs to come of like, is this serving me? What am I spending this time for? Do I care more about the hundredth like, or do I care more that I got to go to that concert with my friend, Catherine? (laughs) So you know, it's like the epitome of when you see people at concerts taking all these videos, like, I'm like, please take it down so I can actually see the person singing. Yeah, I think that's, you know, a classic example, but it is a great one where it's like, when are we in the moment and loving whether it's the artists, the people we're with, etc, versus like, I need to take this video for whatever purposes, because I know we're not going to rewatch it. I don't know why we do that. But you um, never want to hear the audio of a concert video again. I'm like, why did I do that? No, those are the tap throughs for sure. Yeah. And I think something that kind of struck out to me when you were talking was filling the gaps. I think that there's so often times where you feel like social media is like that band-aid on a bullet hole of not actually addressing like what's in our hearts. Um, Have you found that like, as you've been kind of taking this mantra on that it's changed the way you view different social media or the way you interact with it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we all learned a lot in 2020 about our internet and TV (laughs) and cell phone usage. So some good, some bad. Yeah. Some good, some bad. I think they're let's remove that extreme, you know, lockdown aside and the internet's not going anywhere. And so that's where I always like to tread this conversation of it doesn't have to be like pro social media or anti social media, but it's like, what's the healthy use of it. And like, how do we just consider the way in which we're using it? I'm not going to sit here and say, don't get on Instagram. Like Instagram (laughs) is my most used app, but when I'm at dinner with friends, am I scrolling Instagram? That's where I would be an inquiry of like, Ooh, this is like probably not where I need to like direct my attention to. If I like have time and in between calls, yes, scroll Instagram, get out of inspiration, get a brain break. Like 
And I think the approach to the conversation, I hope to be more of that like gray space. It doesn't need to be anti or pro, but just like consider when are you using it? When are you scrolling mindlessly versus maybe using it for, I don't know, looking up something or you know, always a restaurant scan before you go, but <laughs> yeah, it's the new, you always got to check the menu. You always yeah. got to check the Instagram and be like, is this place yes. a place I want to walk into? Yes. What do the so, meals look like? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, it's like Yelp, but now on Instagram. Yeah. We, you talked a little bit about the last year I've talked about it in a couple episodes, the elephant in the room, and we've had so much time, one or not to be alone with ourselves and really listen to the things that, or see the things that kind of trigger us. Have there been ways that you've realized, okay, the likes or the likes that I'm seeing people or how people are interacting, has that kind of impacted you or have you kind of come out from the pandemic and like, I want to be more present or I want this or that, or I know I'm trying to do the be more present and not the scrolling person. Cause I think I used to be when I was like, I was nervous and I would be like scrolling on my Instagram and it wasn't to your point it was like not addressing the real concern of like, I was nervous. So have you seen anything from yourself or experiences? Yeah. I, you know, one of my very exciting days during quarantine, I went through an unfollowed probably like a thousand people. Oh, wow. So there was, there was a purge there a little bit and everything from like, I'm not really like big on and following Instagram famous people or models or all those things. So there was an element of that where I'm like, I don't also during a pandemic want to be seeing (laughs) different lifestyles and things and kind of just assessing what serves me and what doesn't. And everybody's version of the pandemic was a little different too. And I found myself where it's like, there were people coming out with new businesses or people really struggling and, and both were real and both should be like celebrated for what people were going through. But like, again, was that what I needed? Was that the content that I needed to be comparing myself to? So there was definitely quite a big assessment of that in the pandemic of like, being in choice of what I'm looking at. And I think that that's like, not to like be cheesy and go back. Like that's the good news of social media is like you get to choose hopefully how you interact with it and how you show up with it. And like, I think what I just love so much is that you show up so wholly for people. And so like you do that in social media as well, but like having this idea that like we need to actually have people be seen and heard you have such a unique way of doing it. So we all need to be a little bit more of a stranger <laughs> conversationalist. I know I love talking to people just like at random places. You were sharing a story with me earlier <laughs> about Whole Foods. Shout out Whole Foods. I love Whole Foods. But yes, that you kind of, I thought was really interesting about this whole interaction. Yeah, it's my, when I'm trying to describe to people how you can, you know, why the stranger conversationalist or what that interaction can like, chemically do to us and like how we're designed as humans is again shout out to Whole Foods but um (laughs) they are not sponsored the podcast but if they want to be yes they and most places right like this is not you know the CBS also just did but they like recreated their spaces to have significantly more self-checkout lines which values our time like none other when it works I suppose (laughs) that you can go in and swipe and be in and out like low interaction, low, low drama. And I always not, I'll say nine out of 10 times choose the cashier line. And there's something about looking at that person who's ringing you out and just like asking them how their day is. And that like releases like hormones and happy hormones. And that is long lasting where if you look at like the 
what efficiency does in terms of fueling us is very short term, but what human interaction does in conversation and, and it doesn't need to be so deep, but just asking someone how their day is and that cashier and one, I'm sure catches them off guard because we're in such a whirlwind of a, of a day, but I think it fuels you in a different way. So I always offer to like, take the additional two to three minutes or whatever it is. And like, have a conversation, like interact with someone, thank them for ringing you out. And like, that will fuel you so deeply as well as that person and and will linger much, much longer past your, uh, your grocery store trip for the day. I gotta say, I know once we talked about it, I have tried to choose the longer lines and I'm like, I'm doing this. And then I (laughs) feel like great. Cause I, Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I use this for my buffalo wings. And I'm like, oh, tell me more. (laughs) So it's like creating that connection, especially when we have been so isolated for a lot of people, I think is so important. And it's a good way to like kind of like fill your cup. You get to hear how someone else is doing. Sometimes they're honest and they're like, you know, it's been a terrible shift. And you're like, I hope it gets better. I do. It's going to get better. (laughs) It will. The only way is up. Yeah. And I think I, you know, in offering that we'll say that like, I get it. We don't always all have time for that. And so I don't from like a place of, you know, over optimization or like that, like, you know, people use the term like toxic positivity or whatever. And it's like, no, I get it that sometimes we all do have crappy days or we're not, you know, it's one of those plane rides at 6am and you want to put your headphones on (laughs) and not interact. But in those moments that you do have it, just food for thought. I, I think it's great food for thought. And I hope, I hope people choose that line. Yeah. Well, I know we're going to transition a little bit and I talked about this at the beginning of the, of the episode, but I just want to, again, kind of acknowledge that the next conversation that Lindsay and I are going to have could be triggering for some people. So if you want to stop listening now, I'm going to give you a couple seconds and we're going to pivot. So we're going to delve now into eating disorders and finding ourselves through the pain and through the healing for those that are struggling, please know you aren't alone. I will also acknowledge at the beginning of this conversation that Lindsay nor I are licensed trained professionals. And I know Lindsay talks about this a little bit, um, but you know, we're just kind of sharing our experience. And I know that when I first talked to Lindsay about it, it was such a healing experience to feel like I wasn't so alone in a space that had for so many years felt so lonesome. So you have a community that is rooting for you and that wants you to feel whole in the way that you want to feel whole. So, but if this is something that's going to cause you to stress again, take a beat and we'll, we'll, we'll catch you next time. So pretty quickly into our friendship, I guess, to set the scene, I think it wasn't for me, it was kind of, I had a sense of like, we maybe had some shared experience and I don't really remember. It's like our origin story. We were talking about this before (laughs) the episode started, but I was like, I don't remember what event we met. I just knew that like Lindsay was my friend. Like I don't like have, and it feels very similar with me sharing. It's not something it took me to get into my twenties to get to a point where I felt comfortable acknowledging that I had, you know, disordered eating or eating disorder or however it wants to be categorized. But I think that when we started to share it, like made me feel like I said before, I wasn't alone. And I had someone that I could kind of say, like, I'm feeling this today, or I'm feeling why or and it could be someone who could create a really safe space. So, you know, I 
I would love to just kind of turn it over to you and kind of like as we're setting the foundation for this conversation, see if there are things that you want to share before we kind of delve in. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate the intro to the topic and it is a hefty one for sure. And recognizing language we may try to avoid or try to use, et cetera. And I try to do my best to being cognizant with that and talking about possibility and things. So I definitely appreciate that. The point at which I had decided to seek out treatment, similar to what we referenced with, you know, our elephant of 2020, (laughs) that time shined a flashlight on areas of uh, our lives. And at that point in time, I was participating in a certain style of life and had a relationship with food and exercise that when my business had shut down, um, allowed it to really grow. And I lived in a one bedroom apartment in DC by myself. And we all know what that was like in like March and April and May when it was very confusing and we didn't know where to go. Yeah. We would literally (laughs) see in a like, like a quadrant and be like, hi, I'll see you from across the way. Yeah. It was around that time where they, you know, pouches to go didn't exist at restaurants (laughs) yet. Like, and so I say all that to share like the state of loneliness in place that I had really gotten to. And I very vividly remember sitting on my couch, I was texting my mom kind of in a frenzy about that like obsessive feeling and, and just believing that I knew life could be different. different. I knew this wasn't the way I wanted to operate for the rest of my life. And I wanted better for myself. And I, I don't know what it was that allowed me to see that possibility because I think something I still struggle with is like, does this exist forever? This yeah, relationship with food yeah, no. um, or exercise and the industry and social media, et cetera. It's all so loaded. And it was the first time for some reason that I had just identified that I knew life could be better, yeah. whether it was incremental or just 1%, but I knew there was something that needed to shift. And so I had actually started reaching out to programs and had um, checked myself into an eating disorder treatment in April of 2020, which was an experience in itself. And I will scream it from the rooftops, any amount of professional help, be it therapist, nutritionist treatment, I will be a huge, huge advocate for. And while the pandemic wasn't the greatest experience, there was like a light there that gave me space to be able to commit the time to that. So I'm really grateful for that chapter. You know, I think the hardest, this is probably a topic that people would not think that we would be talking about in in connection to the Your Good News. But I think the reason I, I thought it would be so good for us to talk about is that I share fears of like feeling like, oh my God, am I going to backslide? Like, is this going to like, something's going to snap at me and like, it's going to go back. But I think the things is like, there is life in a way that you can relate to your body and say like, I love my body today. And I respect like what it's doing for me. And like, do I have fitness goals? hundred percent. Like I would like to run a mile right now. Don't know if that's going to happen. We're going to try it, but it's been a steamy week. <laughs> it's hot out there, girl. <laughs> But I think the thing is, is like, and I think like the reason I think it's so powerful to talk about is that there is a life where you can live and it's, you can relate to food in a different way and you can relate to your body in a different way. And exercise isn't for a long time was punishment. Like I would do it because I was like, well, you ate that or you did this. And I think it's pretty cool when you find help and like, 
I will say from like my own personal experience, I grew up a dancer. Like there was never an overt conversation of like, I didn't fit in, but it was, oh, you fit in the smallest, you know, outfit. And I was like, that was who I was. And when I wasn't that person anymore, and when I moved to DC, like it spiraled and it became something where it wasn't manageable. And I also sought support and understand, you know, now a lot more how to relate to my body. But I think it's just sometimes so hard to see when you're feeling and that to steal a word from you obsessive or that point where you feel like you're spinning. Like I would feel like I'm just like, it's never going to be good, but there are good days ahead and there are good moments and there are ways that you can, like, I never thought that like celebrating and food would be in a similar sentence, Yeah, but I think it's, it can be. And for a lot of people, my hope is that this can help you help people along the way, you know, what has been, we kind of talk a little bit about it, but what has been the hardest part for you to understand like during this time or as you kind of relate to it? And I'd love to hear more about kind of what you think. Yeah. I have grown up my whole personal and professional life in the fitness industry in some capacity. And no matter what you believe or what you get to, there's still societal norms, there's still desire, there's things sexualized in the news and the media. And so there is an element that regardless of personal choices, like our environment is still around. So always being cognizant of that and, and growing up in that industry of someone that has been labeled with value based off of performance or physical appearance. I think this conversation can really lend to either separately or both together. And I've been in either category where at points have cared more about performance, which yeah. lends itself to practices in one way or another versus being in a space where it was aesthetically driven, both have their pros and cons and both have their yeah. downfalls. And I think there's something in that, that it's like currently working on not having that be my value, but you know, as a competitive gal, I step into to a gym and while I'm here to like celebrate my body, move my body for fun. And I see see that person next to me, you know, hitting that plus one on a treadmill, you have to remind yourself, not that competition can't be playful and fun, but in a moment where I, my intention is, yeah, your intention is positive movement. I need to, you know, self-talk to say like, it's okay. And some of that's the ego, (laughs) right? Like ego conversation. But I think the reality around that being that it's still like daily choices, not gone forever. Yeah. And, and what's my, when I don't attach my value to that, I had to decide like what does determine my value as Lindsay and what do I want to be, what people see me for when I remove defining myself as those things. So still exploring that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like on a daily basis, we're all exploring it. And you, at the end, we're talking about how you kind of decoupled the value of like aesthetically or, you know, performance wise and like trying to seek value in other things, how have you kind of pivoted? And you said daily choices. Are there things that you do that you, I mean, I feel like I have to on a daily remind myself that like I am safe in my body. Like that is a mantra I write all the time. Are there things that you do to kind of help you pivot creating value in different areas of your life, not just related to one? Yeah, absolutely. And anything I've like done has absolutely been coupled with like still professional support and have lended um, new habits that have either I've discovered on my own with friends or have been from other podcasts I listen to or advice from whoever. So the 
first thing, and I know I shared this, but being really cognizant of what you follow on the internet, like things that don't serve me is like models in white booty shorts, you know? (laughs) And I think it's not, it's not always like the ideal. Yeah. And so, you know, being mindful of like what components of whether that's food bloggers, diet culture, Instagram influencers, especially when we were all doing fitness online last year. So what did that look like? You know, so I think that is, was a given and there's something around and I'm laughing saying this, but like, we are not designed to fit into clothes. Clothes are made to fit us. And so that feels feels like we got a, a, that's another repeat from the back. Like, yeah, there's something. Yeah. I just, I don't, I'll recognize was I, you know, last summer, you know, the purge was continuing. We were cleaning out the house when there still wasn't a lot to do. And instead of keeping clothes that didn't fit my body in this exact moment, like I'm not, I don't have like weight loss, gold jeans. Like I have a pair of jeans that fit me how they are right now. They cover me the way I want to be covered. And I feel good when I go out. And that's not to be like reckless, go throw all your clothes away, go like run up a credit (laughs) card bill. But like, when no, it's, it's appropriate, buy clothes that make you feel like a rock star, be it style based yeah. or fit or whatever. And there's there's been something in that that's like made me feel much better in my body. And then I also enjoy my time out or out and about whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So that's been a big one. I mean, I am still stuck on <laughs> you don't fit into clothes. Clothes are meant to fit you. And I'm still like, ooh, Catherine, you need to like go down a path on that yeah. one. Like that is because I think that to your point on social media, I know that they're changing what you can have on social media about diet culture. I think yeah, I heard that. Pinterest. 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 With that. Yeah. But I think there is such a, like, we are recording this during the summer. There are such a summer bodies and like what you fit in and what you're wearing. And like, man, have I fallen into the trap of like buying clothes or fitting, trying to fit into clothes versus the opposite. And so I think that that's a, that's a real golden nugget you just yeah, left there. That's a good one. It's like been, did you like hear that or come up with it? Like you gotta like, you know, maybe it was on, maybe it was on Pinterest. <laughs> you gotta like catch race that one. Cause I'm like, I'm still three minutes back for all of our listeners. Cause I'm like, I wish y'all could see my face. I I'm pretty sure that my jaw dropped and I was like, Lindsay is dropping straight knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that like it sort of goes into the idea of accepting our bodies. And when we were kind of talking about this, this episode, you brought to my attention, the idea of there's been such a body positivity wave, which has been amazing. And then there's now kind of this body acceptance and kind of the idea I'd love for you to kind of delve into that idea and let's yeah. kind of like see what comes up for us as we talk about yeah, it. Yeah. It's one that I like don't have the answer to. I don't yeah. know how I feel yet, but I'm noticing that it's like a, a big topic now of like taking the conversation one step further, which we see in any yeah. movement of like new layers really being peeled back. And there is, as we've mentioned, this like obsession with body inclusivity, body positivity, yeah. body. And now the kind of counter argument surfacing being body acceptance with the from the way I've really digested the conversation is like like leave my body out of it like just like 
we, it doesn't need to be positive or this or that, but like, why is that such a heavy thing in the media or such a thing in models and inclusivity and how we're really approaching it? Can it just be like, I am who I am, period. Like, Let's move on. And, and it's, I think a really healthy conversation. It's a juicy one, no matter where you land. So I think it's interesting too, because I, I know I've appreciated like now when I look online for clothes, like I do see like how it fits on various body types. Like I have hips and like most models are like, that's a different body type. I'm not going to like label anything, but like, I will say like, sometimes I'm like, how does that actually fit on me? And so to see different people wearing the clothes has made me feel like, Oh, okay. Like I can kind of understand it or I like this or I don't like this or like whatever it may be. But like, it's an interesting topic of like, maybe we shouldn't just label anything. Like it's kind of the way I've been thinking of it is like, we shouldn't label anybody good, bad, different. Like everyone has a different, everyone comes into this earth and a different vessel. Can we just like (laughs) call it, call it a damn day. Like, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of subgroups. There's fat positivity and skinny shaming. Like there's so, and those languages are used in this space. And I, that was like a learning in itself too. And I'm like, to the point of just like, let's accept it yeah, as is. And maybe that sounds like naive or easier said than done, but I just appreciated the new perspective of saying like, yeah, like, cause I now, what know, point? <laughs> I now know, don't know what's like, it's like, I don't know what to say because I want to just like, not, a, not that I don't want to acknowledge it, but I'm like, everyone is in their own yeah. skin. Like, can we just all I think everyone is trying to feel comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like we just want to be ourselves and like show up the way we show up and like, can't that be enough? Yeah. Hope so. And it shows up differently, professionally, personally, dating, like, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. Like, I feel like I want to read more about it because I think that they're to your point, it's kind of that like next layer of like, what does it mean? And like, how does that show up? And it's my hope that like companies actually hear that and I'll be interested to kind of see like, how do people pivot? How do people like accept it in a different way? Because I think everything in the last, I feel like few years, and this is not just this topic, it's just been like, everything is an extreme. And it's like, how do we just like, be? I don't know, maybe I'm going too political now. <laughs> you know, are there any other tools or things that you're like, I've realized this along kind of this path that you want to talk about or share? Yeah, I, for a long time, it's how I found my current job actually was like exploring what it would be like to work in the space of eating disorders and body image. Like that's originally what I wanted to pursue as a career path and was really laser focused on that niche piece of it. And through some of my experiences over the past year and I do have this like passion around digital wellness too. And I'm like, Oh, it's like kind of all related. And so I've really navigated this like umbrella of joy and like, what are ways that we can introduce more joy, whether that's my whole foods checkout line (laughs) cashier moment or through this topic is like needing to introduce more joy in my experiences. And one of the ways I've done that is the way I've approached like meals with friends and like, really cognizant to having that be that an experience with friends versus like harping on some of the other things. And again, easier said than done, but kind of like reframing 
scenarios. And and that's been a really big one is to like experience food in a positive way with people that are really supportive and positive. And then the other side to that has been in the kitchen. So like re kind of programming my mind to the relationship I had with my physical kitchen with cooking. And that's been a really um, positive experience of like navigating joy in that. And is where if I like bottom line, everything we really chat about today is where my like tagline of just like the spoon really came yeah. from. So <laughs> I love, and I love, like, I'd love to like kind of delve into that story of just like the spoon. Like, I think that that was one of the first things. And like now when I'm baking, I'm like, I'm going to lick the spoon. <laughs> but for those who haven't got to get a story before, can you share a little bit more about licking the spoon? Yeah. And I hope everyone goes out and, and makes brownies <laughs> and licks the spoon. Yes, absolutely. This for timeline wise was after I had finished treatment last year. And historically, the way I would cook food was like very attached to an app and the ingredients and like really being cognizant of what was going in and what was being coming out and measured and all sorts of things. And I got really into I got a car out my gal kale junkie. Uh, (laughs) her, Her brownie recipe is one to write home. So I was making brownies last summer and standing in same apartment in DC and mixing bowl. And it was like one of these moments that is just stuck in my head. And I remember staring down at this bowl of raw brownie batter, just being like, I really want to lick. Like I want to eat this brownie batter. And historically that would have been something that was quote unquote, not allowed given that it wasn't measured or it wasn't accounted for. I was unsure what it, you know, yeah, what it would happen. And, and I just remember looking and just being like, just lick the spoon. <laughs> maybe I, maybe I said, just lick the effing spoon. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I have to my potty mouth. <laughs> I've tried to tag this podcast as explicit because I've heard it a couple times, but it has not come up that way. So you okay. can, if you okay. want to. Well, well, we'll leave it PG we'll leave it for PG, now, yeah. but just know that there is probably enough bomb in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. And in choosing that, it's like, I'm going to choose joy and your body is yeah. usually an intuitive machine that <laughs> will tell you what it wants when it wants, be it a conversation, yeah. a second date or yeah. the raw brownie batter. Like your body is usually smarter sometimes I think than we are. And I just wanted the freaking brownie batter. I was like, you know what? You like that brownie batter. And it's my whole way around choosing joy and choose those little moments in between and that will account for a more fulfilling life and a yeah. more joy-filled life than some of the alternatives. I think it's like such a perfect way like this story like choosing joy as such a way to like in the podcast but before we get done are there any like topics you want to like cover before we get done? There's also like fireworks happening at <laughs> I my, like, my, goodness. my apartment. So yeah. that could be a little surprise <laughs> for everyone listening. But um, anything else you want to share? I feel really grateful to have two really unique interests as it relates to this, like, just like the spoon, I'll call it, and yeah. this world of joy and healing and then meeting that with um, digital wellness, I think is such a cool crossroad there. And um, yeah, I think we, they were both great. So I, I can't wait, wait to see what the next chapter holds for you. I know <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Where can people find you on social media so they can follow you and follow along? Yeah, the best place currently is on Instagram. 
which is at Linsanity the Rebel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this will all be in uh, the show notes as well. Yes. And I will put this out there because once you speak it and all of you can hold me accountable now <laughs> for some medium posts coming this yeah. like late summer, early fall. So, but they will all be linked to Instagram. So. Well, heck yeah. Thank you yeah. so much again for just sharing your light tonight. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear this episode. So more to come guys, and we will see you next week. When I started this podcast, it was my hope that each would leave you feeling inspired, feeling a bit more full. And today's episode embodied that fully. I am so grateful for Lindsay sharing her voice and experience today. For those of you facing or dealing with eating disorders, you're not alone. Groups like the National Eating Disorder Association offers a free hotline at 1-800-931-2237. Thank you again for joining another episode of the Your Good News podcast. Please subscribe, like, review, and join me again next week for another episode.